where's the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on gotodobbs.com now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Michelle Swalman, Randy Carricker, and we're looking forward to two weeks from Friday. We'll be back in Canton for the Pro Football Hall of Fame induction of former Rams coach, St. Louis Rams coach, Dick Vermeil. And we were there last year for the induction of Isaac Bruce, and we are, we're proud of that. And we're proud to have the Hall of Famer with us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Isaac, good morning. How you doing? Hey, Randy. Hi, Michelle. I'm well and I'm blessed. Thanks for having me on again, man. I appreciate it. Well, we always love having you on, and we're looking forward to August 26th, your annual gala at the Four Seasons St. Louis to benefit the Isaac Bruce Foundation, and you're going to have a great guest, a new Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah, it's our Gridiron Gala uh, that we put on once a year, presented by McBride Homes in Amherst, uh, Friday, August 26th at the Four Seasons down in St. Louis. And uh, Coach Vermeil, he'll be our guest of honor. Uh, have a great time to hear some of his stories and a couple of my stories. And some of my former teammates will be in town as well, uh, uh, be, at, be at this event. So it's always special. I'll get the chance to, uh, you know, really go back and uh, share with St. Louis. And just having Coach Vermeil as a guest of honor is going to be even special. Isaac, we know how awesome it was for you to go in last year and get your gold jacket. But what does it mean for you to have your coach go in as well? You know, I've had the uh, fortunate blessing to see uh, about three of my teammates go in and uh, get their jackets and have their places uh, uh, really enshrined in Canton, Ohio, as far as football is concerned. And just have a coach, um, I think it's special because, you know, um, I kind of look at it two ways. I I think some of my former teammates have mentioned this as well. You know, just, just reminds you just how loaded we were. I mean, from a coaching standpoint, from a player standpoint, uh, just the just the the personnel that we had, feel like we left a lot on the table. But at the same time, just to see these guys, you know, get their flowers, uh, Coach Vermeil particularly, man, he's been doing this for a very long time. Uh, he's, he's one of you know few coaches that have led two franchises uh, out of the heats to the Super Bowl. So um, definitely well deserving, and I can't wait to celebrate with him. Isaac, you're right. That team was absolutely loaded. And when we talk about the greatest show on turf, of course, we lead with the Hall of Famers. We talk about the big time stars that were on that team. But I was thinking about this last night and any team success. There's always a player that doesn't get the shine or the flowers, as you say, more than the others. So who's somebody on the greatest show on turf turf that was really critical to your success that was maybe kind of an unsung hero? Uh, we can talk about the entire defense. The defense uh, ended up winning the NFC Championship game versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that year, led by Todd Light, Mike Mike Jones, London Fletcher, the Dre Blythe, the Keith Lyles, uh, those guys. And they played really great football. Uh, Kevin Carter, DeMarco Farr, those guys played tremendous football all year long and even prior to the assembly of the greatest show on turf. And uh, I think a lot of times they kind of get – lost in the equation when we talk just about how great that team was. 
but they were a magnificent defense just shutting down uh, everything that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could throw at them uh, that night in the, uh, in the dome. Isaac, I don't know if I've ever asked you this, but DeMarco used to tell us when we would do the show that he would stand on the sidelines in 95 and 96, and you were the centerpiece of the offense, but there wasn't an awful lot else there. And DeMarco would actually yell, hey, the ball's going to 80, the ball's going to 80 to the other defense. Did you ever hear him yelling that? I didn't, but I wish he hadn't because, uh, you know, I already had probably two guys trying to cover me at that time, so I didn't want the extra attention. But, you know, and, you know, we had Jerome Bettis for a while. We had other guys come in that, that could, uh, uh, you know, do their thing and produce at a, at a high level. Just unfortunately, you know, I kind of ended up as the sole offensive player at that moment. But, you know, that changed quick for the better. And, uh, you know, we added those other guys via draft or via free agency. And they came in, and, and uh, we took off. So 20 years ago, Michelle, the Rams are coming off of Super Bowl 36 and 14-2 and two season and the, the, the really disappointing loss to New England. And at the beginning of that 20, 2002 season, Isaac and I are doing a TV show together for Charter. And we get off to an we being the, the group, St. Louis, the Rams, get off to an 0-5 start. And Isaac, I was always so appreciative because I was, that was a miserable time, that 0-5 start for everybody. But you handled that with such aplomb and such smoothness. And it's just who you are. But, that man, that was a tough time, that 0-5 start, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I was taught by some of the best, uh, the Henry Ellett's, uh, the, uh, the Jack Snow's, and, uh, you know, guys who, who, who had played for the Rams and, you know, they had gone through some down times. And one of the things I learned from those guys was, you know, never to kill your wounded. Um, you know, you got to make, make sure that you're there to edify, uh, use that sandwich that I always talk about, which is uh, um, really edify a guy, correct a guy, and then end up with more edification. So, um, that was the approach that I was taking with that show, man. But on the inside, you know, on being 0 5, that's not fun for anybody. You know, out of that came the emergence of Mark, Mark Bolger and uh, everything that he added to the team, uh, which was, was, was truly a blessing for us because, you know, he was another guy that started coming on, started to really get a feel for the offense, for what we were doing, and uh, Mike really trained him well, and, and we saw him blossom. Was it difficult at that time when in that wide receiver room because Oz had been here in 98 but really hadn't played and Torrey had never really experienced adversity in the NFL, really? So uh, right. how did you handle that with those young players and how did they handle it? Uh, it was different. Like you said, it was new to uh, Torrey. I mean, Torrey came right in off the rip and uh, won a Super Bowl championship. I mean, uh, how great is that? So, um, you know, and for Oz, for Oz to be – uh, not really playing that much in 1998 and then become the player that we saw him become. It was great to see these guys mature, but it was even even more encouraging to see them when they went through adversity to have the same mindset, to go out and want to be the best group uh, on our team as far as the wide receivers were concerned and just realizing and that we were the engine, we were the juice, we were the oil that kept the thing running, and we were the group that gave the team the chance to win. So, they really pushed through those moments, and, uh, you know, we helped to tutor uh, the other guys that came into our room. Uh, we encouraged Bulger to be the, the best he could, just just throw it around the field, and we are going to make plays for him. I want to go back to your coach, Dick Vermeil, the Hall of Famer, Dick Vermeil, uh, Isaac, for a second, yeah, because yeah. – 
we know that he is a remarkable football coach, but it always seems to me like his superpower in that position was connecting with the person in addition to the player. Can you tell us a little bit about what made Dick Vermeil so effective at connecting with his players on a personal level? Well, you know, if I had to just choose one word to define him, it'd be loyalty. Um, he was going to be loyal to you sometimes to a fault. We saw it happen uh, with a couple of players, uh, you know, during his tenure there in St. Louis. But he was either going to make you his friend just from, you know, from, from the initial greeting, or he was going to start to wear on you as far as the practices <laughs> were concerned. Uh, you know, you start to hate him, and then you start to love him. I mean, there were a lot of us that had that very situation with Coach Vermeil. But I'll tell you what, at the same time, when, you're, when your career was done, as far as football playing days were over, you know, he's that guy that's always calling you, checking in on you. Um, very similar to what he did while he was actually the coach of the Rams. So um, just loyalty is a loyal guy. Um, he's about getting you better in every way he can. And I saw him do that with a, with a number of players. I am here with Michelle Swalman, huge Dan Marino fan. Isaac, I don't know if you're this, aware of this, but uh, the Dan is Michelle's guy too. So I've got yeah. I've got two people here yeah. whose whose childhood yeah. guy was Dan Marino. So I'll let you discuss. Yeah, yeah he's the best, Isaac. <laughs> well, you know, he was my football hero. So um, he he along with Mark Clayton, Mark Duper, Matt Moore. Uh, you know, I was a Dolphin fan for the probably the first 21 years of my life, right up to the point where I got drafted. And, uh, you know, every time I see Dan, I, I automatically go back to that, you know, that little kid in South Florida watching the Miami Dolphins play. And, uh, you know, he has to put up with me. He has to put up with my shenanigans. And when I'm taking selfies of him, you know, we're both wearing a gold jacket. But, you know, to me, that's Dan Marino, the greatest quarterback to ever play in the National Football League. And, uh, you know, if I had to, always had to choose one, he'd be my 1A, no doubt. Oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine what a Marino-Bruce connection would have looked like. How fun would that have been? And don't be surprised, Isaac, if you see me trying to get in the background and photobomb you in that selfie and when we're in Canton in a few weeks. But I always say it's a sports tragedy that Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl. Oh, uh, you know what? I mean, just consider you know, his career. He came in, and he was ripping it up early. I think he broke a ton of records his first two years, two, uh, that first season, or that second season, uh, the touchdown record. But you know, just just looking at the, the the totality of his career, he really never had a strong defense. He really never had a strong running game to to rely on. And um, you know, it's unfortunate that he didn't get a, a second shot at a, uh, another Super Bowl. Uh, he played in a couple of uh, AFC Championship games, and it just meant, didn't materialize to a Super Bowl appearance. So, um, you know, he talks about it, and it's it's kind of it's humbling. And it's eye-opening just to hear the words come out of his mouth when he tells stories and he gives the background of a lot of what happened in those seasons. And so um, maybe we get that again, Michelle, this this coming uh, induction and uh, <laughs> sit down and talk to Mr. Marino. Oh, that'd be amazing. One more thing yeah. from me, Isaac. Um, last night I was watching the Home Run Derby, and afterwards the first episode of the new Derek Jeter documentary, The Captain, mm-hmm. was uh, debuting on ESPN, and I was watching it. And as his career evolved, they were talking about how Derek Jeter loved to play in front of the crowd, and there was nothing like right. being at the top of your game and getting to play in front of a packed house. And I knew we were going to speak to you today, and I thought about you and about that team and just what an adrenaline rush it must have been for you guys to know how good you were to know how talented you were and to be able to go into a stadium and feel the eruption of the crowd and I thought about you Isaac and I thought he has to miss that so how how much do you miss that feeling 
Well, I'll tell you what, since we're talking baseball, hopefully the Cardinals or my team, the Red Sox, will get in on the, uh, on the grand prize of Juan Soto here uh, <laughs> lately. But, you know, just, just, just with, with Derek Jeter, I mean, he was a consummate pro, uh, a superstar. And when you talk about the crowds, the home crowd is, uh, you know, it, it's one thing. I mean, you can expect that, team, that crowd to really cheer for their team, be knowledgeable of the players. Uh, be knowledgeable knowledgeable of what we're trying to do offensively and defensively. But when you when you enter into the playoffs, it's almost like it's a neutral field because, you know, they're loud, they're rambunctious, and um, they know when to cheer and when not to cheer. When you go on the road to play games, like when we would go to Seattle, you know, I think our biggest one of our biggest goals was to shut the crowd up because they were so loud. The stadium was built uh, for, uh, you know, you know, the, the acoustics that really come down on the field, and you can barely hear yourself think on the sideline. But when you go into those type of atmospheres and have an opportunity to make a play or win a football game, we, we had that opportunity, I believe, in 2004 when we, when we beat them in a playoff game. It was so loud in there. But then after the game, you can hear, you know, like we say, where I'm from, a rat piss on cotton. uh, it's great it's great those moments are great and you never forget no doubt about it hey isaac i want you to tell people about your flight 300 program that allows kids to get to school and that's one of the things with the gala on august 26th that people will be contributing to yeah thanks randy uh our flight 300 program it is really taken off uh we partnered with uh american airlines and got over four million miles uh, from them, and we just had the opportunity to send uh, student athletes, uh, just students, to their schools where we take care of the flight, one, uh, one-way trip. We take care of uh, dorm decor. We also do Uber rides, and uh, I believe this year we booked over 300 flights. So we're growing, and uh, this is everything. It has everything to do with what we're doing as far as this Gridiron Gala presented by McBride and Ammon. Uh, August 26th. So uh, we're always accepting donations. Uh, we're, we're looking for sponsors to help with these uh, students to get to school. And uh, they're ever so grateful. They always call us. Tiffany Burris, she does a great job and they always call her. And some of them some of them are in tears because you know, without this program, they probably wouldn't be able to get to school. And um, I'm just fortunate to be able to be that bridge to help these kids get to their education and start their careers in, in college. And we're so fortunate to have you as a member of our community, Isaac, and people can go to get tickets at IsaacBruce.org for the gala on Friday, August 26th at Four Seasons, honoring Dick Vermeil. Mr. Bruce, it's always great to hear your voice. We can't wait to see you in a couple of weeks in Canton. Hey, thanks, Randy. Thanks, Michelle. Appreciate you having me on. You bet. We'll see you later. That is the Hall of Famer, Isaac Bruce. By the way, this year, Flight 300 sent or are sending 325 students to their schools. They booked the flight, riding Uber to and from the airport as needed, gift cards for dorm essentials for first-year applicants, plus covering the cost to check bags for all 325 students. And that's all because of the Isaac Bruce Foundation. Things that a lot of us wouldn't think of. People that don't have the ability to get to the school where they might have or probably do have... uh, some sort of scholarship and what Isaac and his foundation do is provide transportation flights literally and thanks to American Airlines to get these kids to school. Hi this is Chris Howard host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. 
The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.